Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Today we're beginning a new series uh, called Fill This House, and we'll be over this the next few weeks, and I'm very excited to bring this message to you, to stir you up, to challenge you, to encourage you in this matter of filling up the house of God. And uh, for some time I've telling the earlier service that I've really felt a stirring about this specific house. We have, you know, three campuses right now, McKinney, Granbury, and Irving, and, uh, and I love all of these campuses where God has us and, and the kind of ministry that's going on in each one, but really I've felt something specific about this campus, uh, that the Lord is, is working a new work here. And uh, this is several weeks ago, this, this happened, uh, really on a Wednesday night service, uh, I, I really sensed that there was some kind of breakthrough in the Spirit. And I, I couldn't define it, but I just knew that there was something shifted in the life of this church. And so that just began to stir me to, to dig in the Word in uh, that direction and see what God wanted to do, what God has for us as a, as a church in this city and in this area. And uh, I, I do believe that it's God's will that we fill this house. And I believe that it's whether. His will that we fill every house where he, wherever he has us and to bring optimum impact wherever we are. Amen. You agree with me today? Amen. You believe that? You know, it's, it's one thing to, to, to be small. That's okay, but it's not okay to stay small. Amen. All right? Because Jesus is building his church. All right? And uh, we're going to look at a, a scripture this morning, First Chronicles chapter 22. And we're going to see what King David says about the house of God and the standard um, concerning the house of God. And I believe that when David is speaking, that this is, he's speaking for the Lord, that this is in the heart of God, because God was very pleased in that David wanted to build God a house. And so this is what King David says is the standard about this house. And it starts in chapter 22 in verse 5. It says, Now David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord must be, everybody say must be. Must. It must be, here we go, exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. Wow, what a standard, huh? It must be. And that means that the church is a large, a large entity in the earth, Right? The house of God is to be something to behold, something to desire, something marvelous in the earth. It must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. And now look what David says. Since that's the standard, this is it. This is what it's supposed to look like. I will now make preparation for it. And today I want to challenge you. To now, today, in the days ahead, in the weeks and years to come, to make preparation for that which is exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. Because God has planted you here. God has brought you here as individuals and as families to come together in one corporate body to do something marvelous in the earth. To see the glory of God revealed in our community, wherever he has us, to see his glory revealed, to, to, to see the demonstration of God's work and his love, his grace, and his power in the earth. So 
since all of that is available from our God, and he, he longs to show himself strong on our behalf, and he has done what he needs to do to make sure that we have a right relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, who was buried, and who rose again the third day from the dead. Hallelujah. And, because, and through that work now, we've all been reconciled, we've been redeemed, praise God, and brought into a right relationship with Almighty God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's the kind of reconciliation Jesus brought to us. It wasn't just peace with God. Jesus brought us into the family. Hallelujah. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus takes you right into a son-father relationship. The same kind of relationship that he has with Father God, he longs for you and I to have that same kind of fellowship with him. Bring us right into the family. It's a powerful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And since he's done this and Jesus said, I will build my church, my family, we all have a part to play in this too. He's, he, he can only do so much in the earth because he's designed it that way. He, he's going to do what he's going to do through his people in the earth. All right? And so when we partner with God to build this house, to fill this house, that's when we see the supernatural things, things that are beyond our own ability. And us as individuals, even above, beyond our own individual ability, but when all of these things are gathered together, one corporate gathering, hallelujah. See, I can't do everything and you can't do everything, but we can all each do something. And when we all pull our somethings together, that's when we can begin to see that exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious reality for the church. Amen. Amen. And I'm really excited about that. And I believe with my whole heart that is God's plan for One Cause Church. So we have to get it in our minds. It says it must be exceedingly magnificent. That word means to grow and to magnify, to enlarge. We have to get this kind of thinking. We have to get this kind of believing in our hearts and this kind of confessing in our mouths. Huh? I'm I'm, I'm happy that we have people here. I am, but I know there's more to come. I know. I I mean, look around you for just a moment. We see some empty seats here in the room, which means there's room for more people. Amen. There's room. We got to fill this house up. I want to see every seat filled with a body, huh? So that we uh, we are ministering at our maximum. My family, I can't do it all by myself, and you can't do it all by yourself, but if everybody will gather around this, if everyone will commit to it, we'll do it. It's that simple. It's that simple. Will you partner with me in this? Huh? Will you do that? Will you help push this? Will you help promote this? Will you help fill this house? And I just want to encourage you to stay with it and to be strong in it. And don't be discouraged if somebody tells you, no, I don't want to go with you to church. All right. Maybe next time I'll get somebody else. Hmm? Just stay with it. Because what God wants to do in the earth is beyond, we have yet to see the greater things yet to come. And we've seen great things. We've experienced great things in this church. You know, this church started in 1992, not as One Cause Church, but as Cornerstone Worship Center. And uh, it, has, it has been a good, solid strength in this community. But I know that I know that I know there's so much more. Amen. Amen. And uh, so we've grown in, in, in some ways in, in that we've grown ministers and that we have grown uh, ministers that have gone out and we've grown in other communities, you know, planting other churches. But there's something now. God has his finger on this place for right now. 
And uh, so I'm just telling you as your pastor that I'm all in, all right? I, I am all in, and I, I want you to be all in with me. Let's make this happen, huh? Let's fill this house. Um, so it must be magnificent. That is, this is how we, how we see it, how we see it. This gospel is to all the world. So I just want to ask you some questions to get you to maybe think, what does this church mean to you? What does, what does it offer you? Why do you come here? What draws you to One Cause Church? How do you see it? And what is your part here? What is it that you, God put you here for? Why did he bring you here? Because we are all members of a body. And as members of that body, we are all connected in giving and receiving from one another. Giving and receiving. Giving. If you're just receiving, it's not healthy. If you're just giving, it's not healthy. You've got to give and receive. You've got to give and receive. Are you with me on that? Huh? And so when every part, every member is, is participating, oh, now, now we're living in the reality of God's will. Now we're living in his purpose because his purpose is found in his church, in his body in the earth. What I get from One Cause Church, besides opportunities to preach, is from what I've been parts of other churches through the years, but this is the most family-oriented church I've ever been a part of. I've, I've never been a part of a body where I felt so loved and felt so connected in fellowship and just like everybody is your brother and sister. And that's a marvelous thing, my family. And I want to just encourage you and admonish you in that. That's a wonderful thing, and that's what the world needs. It needs a family. We've got tons of broken homes out there, tons of broken families. Well, they, if they could just get here, I believe that they could find what they're looking for, the missing parts, the love and the acceptance, the unconditional love. This is not a house of judgment. This is a house of love. All right, we don't, we don't look at each other out of the corner of our eye and we, we don't act like that here. Other churches might do that, but we don't do that here. All right? None of us has a right to point the finger at one another. Right? Because here's the truth. No matter how you measure up in good qualities and bad qualities and all that, we all depend on the grace of God at the end of the day. We all need His grace, so we're nothing without it. Huh? So that's where our commonality is found. We all experience His grace and we give grace to one another. Amen. And so when we, when we since this is, this is how we operate here in this church, and you know, I found that as my first experience and, and where is Charlie today? He's not? All right, well, we just call Brother Charlie healed right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you sent your word and healed him and delivered him from his destruction. We thank you now, Lord. We need him in this house. And we thank you, Lord, for speedy recovery for Brother Charlie in Jesus' name. Amen. Charlie's the first person I met here. What kind of cologne does he wear? That's the name of the cologne? Uh, RSVP. Now let me, okay, so now you know what cologne you wear after you hug Charlie. Uh, 
Is that true? Everybody leaves church smelling like Charlie, right? Because <laughs> he doesn't just give you a little mm, nice little hug. Boy, he pulls you in and rubs that cologne all over you, right? I mean, you have been hugged by Charlie when you, and that was my first experience at, at this church when it was Cornerstone Worship Center. He was the first person I ever met. And it was, it was shocking and wonderful at the same time, you know, because he, when I walked in the door, he, he just grabbed a hold of me, just like this. I mean, for, as soon as I walked in the door, like, who does that, right, at church? You got to give people their space, right? Not Charlie. He ain't going to give, well, he grabbed me, just like, Lord, you know, he does. And then he held me out at arm's length, right? And he goes, I love you. Just right square in the aisle. I'm like, yeah. I love you too. I just didn't know I loved you like you love me, and now I can't do without him. And this guy's so electric, so contagious, that we even have people who listen to our podcast have come to our church just to meet the guy that says amen so loud in our services. That's true. That's a true story. That's beautiful, isn't it? So, yeah, so I miss his amen to that. You, you guys are going to have to fill in for Charlie today, all right? I need your... <laughs> uh, no matter how you do it, you can't, it's hard to top his. But I was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about this property and, and how funny um, God can be at times. About 10 years ago, I was driving down this road here, 1461, and because when we were downtown McKinney, we had an Easter egg hunt, a big Easter egg hunt that we advertised for the city, and up here at Myers Park. How many of you were there at that, that event about 10 years ago? And so we had this huge Easter egg hunt, and we invited the whole community to come out. Well, while I was on my, on my way there, I drove by this property, and at this time it was another church, I think it was called New Covenant at the time, and there was a sign kind of out in the middle of the pasture and then, you know, these buildings. And as I drove by, I out loud said, who in God's name would have a church all the way out here <laughs> positioned at the back part of a pasture? That's t- a terrible location. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what God did. I think it was like, oh, just wait, buddy. <laughs> you, you're the one, sucker. <laughs> um. But because I didn't have vision for this house then, because we had vision for another house. So to me, it just looked like terrible location. Why? But now that I'm here, ah, vision does something for you. It does something. It changes, changes your whole motive. And when I, now when I sit on this property, I stand here and I look out, I'll go, wow, that was genius actually to start in the back and work your way front. Because out there is the future. Out here, this, this road is, is becoming uh, more major in this community as the days and weeks go ahead. As you see, it's coming, you know. The whole city is coming toward us. And we are, we are just about to be in a prime, prime, prime location. Um, and, and right across the road from us here is, um, is they're building a, eventually a high school, a new high school. So all of this will be somewhere in the, in the grand plan of, of McKinney. We're going to be somewhere in the middle of town. Isn't that amazing? So uh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and we're building. But I just want us to all do everything that we can right now. Let's not wait for the day. Let's prepare for the day. Huh? David said, I will now make preparations for that. 
Well, what does that look like? How do you make preparations? Well, David was talking about gathering materials. He gathered building materials, cedar, and, and, and all kinds of woods, and, all kind, and then he gathered all kinds of things to help with the house, the, the, the finances of the house, and the, the furnishings of the, of the temple itself with gold and silver and all kinds of things. And it says, toward the end of that verse, it says, and David made abundant provisions for the house before his death. So understand that he was doing this knowing that he wasn't going to see it. He was doing this knowing he wasn't going to see it. In other words, David was investing in a future generation. Don't ever forget that, that what you do today in preparing for this, that which is exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious lives on beyond your own lifetime. And you have a legacy now in a house that is carried on generation after generation after generation. It is the gift that continues to give. Of all the things that you could give toward, that you could give yourself to, there is nothing like, nothing will bring a return like giving yourself to the king and his kingdom and his cause in the earth, which is the church of the living God. Amen. So when you look around this room, you know, we're, we're about a couple of hundred people here in McKinney and not including Irving and, and Granbury, but we are amongst billions of people who gather around the globe in little bodies just like this. But I want it said of us, by God Almighty, those guys did it right. Huh? They stayed with it. They gave generously. They served with their whole heart. And they filled the house. Hmm? Let's do this. This is, we're in what, what us pastors call the summer slump. <laughs> it's when church attendance kind of gets uh, uh, sparse. But I think that with God, we can grow. We don't, have, we don't have to have a summer slump. We can just grow and continue to grow because this is his deal. You know? You know, there have been times in my life, I've, you know, we've, we've had things come up, expenses come up to church, and, and I just... Sometimes I heard a preacher say this years ago. I'd say, Lord, this is your will. This is your bill. <laughs> so he always, he always takes care of it. Always has. Always will. But I, I, just, I just want you to know that I'm, <laughs> I was telling the earlier service that, you know, in my younger years, uh, I would have been really discouraged. And had to, I've had to fight discouragement through the years, different times, when I haven't seen as many people in church as I'd like to see. And uh, I, I've even had friends who've just, got so discouraged by empty seats in the building that they gave up. They just quit. But I'm, I'm not that way anymore. I'm totally encouraged. Because when I see empty seats, I see potential. Huh? Look around you. You see the empty seats. Think, who could I bring to sit right there in that seat? There's room for them. There's room for more. So, God is so good. So uh, let, me, let me go over a couple of other scriptures right quick, and then we'll finish this out today. But let's go to the book of Genesis. Oh, we already went to Genesis, didn't we? No, we didn't. Oh, we're in the second service now. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1. Okay, those of you that heard this, just ignore me. Knock, knock. Dishes? Dishes. Dishes, Sean Connery. Uh, 
Thanks, Carla. I want to thank, uh, well, she's not here. Ashley's not here today. Ashley Tambrin gave me that joke. So if, if you hated it, tell her. I'm just passing. I'm just the messenger. All right. Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. Then God said. See, that we're going to see here what is really in the heart of God and in his plan for the earth. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. Verse 21. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So God did something pretty awesome here, didn't he? All right, created these things, gave them life. Now watch this. And God blessed them. Who did he bless? He blessed the creatures in the waters and he blessed the birds, right? He blessed them saying, I've done my part, now this is your part. Be fruitful and multiply and fill. Fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. I have done my part. I've blessed you and given you the ability now to multiply and to fill. Let's say that together. Multiply and fill. Again, multiply and fill. At the very beginning, we see God's heart. We see his plan. We see his will, his purpose in the earth. All right, then we're going to jump down to verse 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Who did he bless? Male and female. If he blessed that male and female, did he bless these males and females? Okay. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Do what to the earth? Fill. The earth. God's not concerned about overpopulating. Hmm? He's not a liberal. <laughs> be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth. Fill. He's not a Republican either, just so I can just go on the other side. Okay, he's none of that. He's God. Okay, then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God's plan and purpose for us as people on this earth is to be fruitful, multiply, and fill. That's got to be what his plan is for the house. Why? Why fill the earth with people? Because apparently there's a lot of love from God to give to men and women. There's a lot of people to love, and there's a lot of love to give to those people. Even after the flood, after judgment came because men had turned from God, and God basically hit a reset button with Noah and his family, same blessing. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Wow. So we have work to do. We all have a responsibility to this house, a part to play. It says it must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, famous. This is, this is how we promote it. This all has to do with our word of mouth, getting the word out about our church. All of you have a mouth. All of you have a voice. All of you probably have a computer phone or iPad or something like that that you get on social media with. Hmm? What a great avenue to push your church. Huh? Promote it. Let's get it out there. 
more and more. Word of mouth, invite some, somebody you've never, that, that's never been here. How about calling someone that you've noticed hasn't been here? Huh? If we all do that together and help with that, uh, help keep this house full and, and, and cared for. I need your help in that. Amen. But when they come, because the gospel is it's such a marvelous thing. It's such a marvelous message. And I am determined that we're going to preach it clearly at this church. And it's going to be easy to understand. It's going to be easily received. We're not going to make people jump through all kinds of stuff and do all this and that in order to receive this free gift. It's a free gift from God, so we just keep it right there. Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. There's the news, my family. There's the news. There's the news. That's it. That's the good news. I don't know why why Christians feel like they need to balance that. There is no balance to that. It's Christ, Christ, Christ. If you put you in the equation, (laughs) it's not the gospel. Your only part in it is to receive it by faith. To believe it. That's it. God made it so easy for us to be saved. I mean, He's fully accepted us into His family. Fully. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Oh, man. See, we need to emphasize what God's emphasizing if we're really going to be an effective church. We need to emphasize what He's not emphasizing sin. Man, I, I hear a lot of sin preaching, but I don't, I, I don't see it in the New Testament. I don't see them preaching sin, sin, sin. They preach the gospel. That sin was paid for. That's, the, that's what we preach about sin. Christ died for them. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. See, the gospel is the fix to everything. It's the good news. That's why we're not ashamed of that glorious, simple, good message. Well, all they ever did over there, one God preached good, good, good. That grace, all that grace, grace, grace. Well, if you want to go get beat up somewhere, then you, you're not going to find that here. Go somewhere else. Okay. You want to feel bad all the time? You want to feel condemned, feel guilty? I mean, when I was growing up, our idea of church was, boy, that preacher really got us today. Man, he beat us upside. Boy, we really had church. Had everybody weeping and wailing at the altar. Hmm? Now, I know none of you have probably ever been to a church service like that, but. <laughs> no, this is good news. Think about this for a moment, uh, and I'll finish with this. Romans chapter 10 and verse. Um, Verse, go back, go back, 10, 11, 10, 13. 13 says, for whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. And then 14 says, how then shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach, watch this, who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. What should we be preaching? A gospel of peace, glad tidings 
of good things. So if I get, and I have been accused of that. You all you ever do is preach good, 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 good. I'm like, that encourages me. Thank you for, thank you, thank you. That, okay, I'm on the right track then. Hallelujah. Because that's what the scripture tells me to preach. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. Mm, thank you, Lord. And the world needs to hear this good news. There's enough bad news. There's enough trouble. There's enough brokenness. All right, this ain't the place for that. This is the place for healing. Uh, far be it from us to know someone's hurting and not bring them to a place where the hurting get healed. Hmm? Far be it from us to pass by those who are depressed, who are despondent, who are discontented, who are downcast, and not bring them here to experience the joy of the Lord, the peace of Almighty God, a real, lively relationship with God. Not just a religious motion. Not just a distant God up there and we acknowledge that he's holy and powerful. Oh, it's so much more than that. This is a family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's fill this house. Come on, turn to somebody. Tell them, let's fill this house. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.